Hey, thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. What's up, Victory Church? Are you excited today? To be in the house, Edmond Campus, love you guys. It's so good to, to join you today. It's so good uh, for those of you that are watching online. We thank you for, for taking time out of your day to join with us. Uh, I'm going to preach a Palm Sunday message, and you can begin to turn to the book of Mark, uh, Mark chapter 11, and then while you're flipping, I'm going to give you some, some, some information, okay? So uh, let me just remind you, I know everyone knows that Easter's next week, but I want to just quickly remind you um, that today is the beginning of Holy Week. Okay, so this is something that I would encourage you all to just be mindful of. Sometimes we get distracted and we just think about next Sunday or next weekend, um, but we miss all the things that happen between today and next week. There's a lot of great things, a lot of timelines that you can find on the internet of the things that were happening all this week leading up to it. So Thursday, obviously, is an important day. That was the, the, the Last Supper, the, the foot washing, some of those things. And then even between there, you, Jesus curses the fig tree. There's the Ovalette Discourse where Jesus kind of gives this, this uh, a sermon, so to speak, about end times and what to expect in end times. All that happened this week. All that happened this whole week on Holy Week. So I really encourage you to just dive into that and think through that and process that in the middle of your work week on Tuesday when you're neck deep in work and you're changing dirty diapers, whatever it is that you're up to, just be mindful that this whole week is a holy week as we prepare ourselves uh, for next weekend. Uh, also, leading up to Friday, Friday we know is Good Friday, but Friday night, we've been talking about this every week, we're gonna be doing a Seder here at the Oklahoma City campus, which is simply a Jewish uh, custom, thing they, something they do every year that kind of walks them beginning of Passover and processing and, and remembering all the things that, that the Lord did. We're not, we're not Jews. Most of us in this church, we're a Gentile church. Most of us are not Jewish, and we're not trying to be Jewish. We know that we're Gentiles, but the Bible says that we're grafted in to the promises of God's chosen people. So it's good for us to understand the Old Testament symbolisms and what they mean to us and how Jesus is our Messiah. And all through the Old Testament, all through the Passover, all through those elements, we see Jesus. So if you've never done this, bring your kids. We'll be in this room, which is almost full, almost full. So you can still uh, get, get that if you hurry. Uh, also, at Easter, we know Easter is Saturday night. We're, well, Easter is not Saturday night, but church is Saturday night and Sunday morning. So we've added some worship experiences, so be sure and go to the website and check those out or grab some invite cards as you leave. Bring people to church. Bring people to church. Uh, bring them. It's the one day of the year where most people will come if you ask them. It's Easter. So invite them to come to church with you and let them hear the good news of the gospel. Okay, Mark chapter 11. Today is Palm Sunday, or what is referred to many times as the triumphal entry, and we're going to read that in just a moment. So every year, whenever I kind of approach days like today or big days, Palm Sunday, Easter, Christmas, where everyone kind of knows the passage of Scripture, the passage of scripture that's going to be focused on, sometimes those can be the hardest sermons to preach because everyone knows, everyone's heard a million Easter sermons, everyone's heard a million Christmas sermons. But I like to kind of go back through um, sermons that I've preached on these days in the past or these passages of Scripture. Uh, and if I'm being honest, because I want to make sure I don't preach the same message again, okay? So I'm checking those things. So I'm combing back through some of some passages of scripture that I've 
that I've preached on this, this, this passage. And I come across this, a sermon that I preached five years ago in 2017, in January of 2017. Oddly enough, it's a Palm Sunday message that I preached in January, which was, which was kind of stuck out to me. And I just begin to kind of comb through this me- message and my own sermon began to bless me. <laughs> and I preached myself happy. <laughs> I could preach it to myself. And the Lord just began to stir that in me and spoke to me in a lot of ways in some things I'm walking through. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit was like, you need to preach that message again. And I'm just kind of the, I don't like leftovers. I, I'm just the, anybody, I, like I, Michelle loves, I'm like, let's go out to eat. She's like, no, we have leftovers. I'm, not, I'm leftovers are boring. Let's get DoorDash, you know? I want something fresh. I want some fresh meat. And I've kind of had that conviction when it comes to sermons. Like, I wanna bring a fresh word. What's the Holy Spirit saying today to us and I really feel like the Lord was like, you know what that's called, John? That's called pride. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna do something that I really have never done before or very rarely do. I'm gonna preach a message that I've already preached. The good thing is most of you don't remember what I preached last week, let alone five years ago. So most of you, you're like, ah, it's no big deal to us. But I have, I've, I've, I've brought this out of the freezer and I've warmed it up, but I've also dabbled in some fresh stuff, okay? So we're gonna eat leftover chicken, but fresh broccoli, okay? Fresh broccoli to go with the chicken. So I, I'm, I'm excited to bring this message to you. It's really blessed me and encouraged me and challenged me personally. So Mark chapter 11, uh, verse one through seven, it says, as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to towns, to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of them on ahead, go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say the Lord needs it and we'll return it soon. The two disciples left, found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying the colt? They said, that, they said what Jesus had told them to say and they were permitted to take it. They, then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it and he sat upon it. So this passage goes on, and we'll talk a little bit more about the text that follows this. But this text, this portion of scripture that's mentioned in many of the gospels um, is what is referred to as the triumphal entry. Now, why this is such an important moment, why this is such an important date is because this is the fulfillment of a prophecy that had happened nearly 500 years prior to this moment. And it's not like it was the first time Jesus had rolled into Jerusalem. He had been there before many times. But this moment was important because of what he was riding upon. Let me show you this prophecy. It's in Zechariah chapter nine, verse nine. It says, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, the king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt of a, fi- of a, of a foal of an ass. And sometimes we can say that word in church and it's okay because I'm reading out of the King James Version, right? Okay, so everyone, everyone relax. What I wanna to talk to you about today is I wanna learn from this donkey. Um, and I wanna preach a message to you entitled, How to Carry Your Calling. How to Carry Your Calling. Um, you know, when we read scriptures, many times the correct thing to do or the thing we should do is take ourselves out of the context of where we are and thrust ourselves into the context of the text. And not only to thrust yourself into the text, but to understand the context of the text. Of, But the tendency of most of us, myself included, is we like to insert ourselves as the character in the text that is convenient for us at the moment. Um, 
I'm afraid that, that many times I, I th- I'm reading a text um, and I think I'm David in the text, but probably more likely I'm probably more Absalom than David, right? Uh, when I read the story of Gideon and God calls him a mighty warrior, we like to preach sermons and I've preached them about, you're a mighty warrior for God. Many times God's calling us to be mighty warriors, but the truth is we're the Gideon in the wine press scared to death, right? So all through scripture, we tend, we tend to do this. We do this all the time. But I, I, I really like to think that I am Peter walking on the water, but I'm probably Peter denying Jesus, So it's important to really be honest with ourselves in the text. In this text that we just read, I can confirm without hesitation that we are not Jesus in this text, okay? We all agree on that, right? No, we're not Jesus. Um, I would present to you that maybe a sermon could be preached about we're the disciples, and that's great. I've actually preached a sermon before about the, the guy who owned this donkey. What about that guy? He's not even mentioned, but people just come and take his donkey. That's not cool. But today I wanna preach from the perspective is is we're not Jesus, we're not the disciples, we're not even the person who owns the donkey. We, my friends, are the donkey. Okay? Now, I'm not gonna do it because I'm streaming and somebody would take it and take it out of context, but I encourage you to look to your neighbor and in the King James Version say, you're the donkey. Some of y'all are enjoying this. You've wanted to tell your husband, your wife for a long time. You've wanted to use that word, but you knew that it was laced with a fight. But your pastor just gave you permission. One time, just this time, don't go home and say it, okay? Don't do that later. The couch is not comfortable, so don't say that at home. What's encouraging to me about this, this, this text, and I wanna unpack this for you, is the thought that if God can use a donkey he can use us too. He can use us too. If God can use a donkey in one of the most pivotal, one of the most important moments in the history of mankind, God put a donkey in the picture and allowed the donkey to be a part of the story, allowed that to be a, a part of this process. And so what I wanna do today is I, I, I wanna, in a sense, escort this donkey up onto the stage and let the donkey preach a message to us. And if we could interview, like you've done, you've seen Q and A's where somebody's interviewing somebody on stage. I wanna kind of present to you that I'm interviewing this donkey and he's gonna tell us five things that he learned about carrying his calling, being a carrier, okay? So the first thing, if you're taking notes, write this down. I think this donkey would tell us to pray for burdens, not blessings. This donkey was tied up to a post. And think about this, all day, every day, people just brought him stuff. People brought him hay, people brought him oats, people brought him water to drink, all day, every day. It's just blessing after blessing after blessing. But I would present to you that this donkey really didn't find his calling until he was given something to carry, until he was presented with a burden. And I don't know about you, but sometimes myself, when I really analyze my prayer life, if I can step out of my time with the Lord and just watch and listen to my own prayers, Most of the time, I'm looking for a vending machine Jesus. What buttons do I need to push to get the right thing to drop out? And I I find myself praying for blessings. But what I found in this story, but also what I found as I process my own life and process back through it, is usually, in fact, I would argue with you that all the time your greatest blessings are found in your greatest burdens. 
Many of you spent years praying for kids thinking that you were praying for blessings. In fact, you actually found that you were praying for a burden. And within five minutes of that baby being presented to you in your arms, you realize really quick the heaviness of the calling of carrying this burden. But I would also present to you at the exact same time that that very burden that you have taken care of, that you've, that you've uh, sweat and, and got covered in feces and all the fun stuff that comes with parenting, right? Locked inside there is the greatest blessing. Children are one of the greatest blessings we can ever be given on this earth. But it was birthed from a burden. I watched my wife carry the burden of this child in her womb for nine months. She had a burden. She carried a burden. So, so I just I, I want to convince you, and I want to try to challenge your prayer life to begin to think of your prayers more as burdens than, than blessings, and I believe that we'll find blessings in the midst of all those things. Um, and you may begin to think, okay, so, so I need a burden. I'm going to find my burden. I'm going to pray for God to give me a calling. But don't overcomplicate it. It might be starting a nonprofit. It might be starting a business. It might be some grandiose stage or some influence or something like that. But I would actually challenge you to say that sometimes your biggest burdens are the simple things, the things that we don't really like to do. I would present to you that stewardship is a burden. Pastor Oscar was kind of preaching a sermon to me before I came up here and reminding me of this, that we don't like stewardship. We like blessings, but your blessings come from the burden of stewardship. We don't like to tithe, we don't like to give, we don't like to be generous, we like to receive. But the burden of becoming a giver is where you find the blessings. So sometimes the simplicity of being a burden, sometimes being married is a burden. Don't say amen. But as we bear those burdens, we will find some of the greatest blessings that we could ever discover. And I would present to you that as you look through the scriptures, every man, every woman that was ever used for God in any way bore a burden. Moses found his calling when he was burdened at the burning bush. Before that, he was wandering in the wilderness. He had had ran from Egypt. He was wandering. He was lost And it was at the burning bush, he was presented with a burden that was so overwhelming to him that he tried to talk God out of it. But he stepped into that burden and carried that calling. And you can read the whole story of his life and watch blessing after blessing after blessing after God showing up after miracle after miracle after miracle, all because he received a burden. You see, Noah, Noah was made fun of for years as he built a boat. He received a burden. And the burden was more important than what people said to him. He received a burden for this. Elijah, David, Mary, Mary, the 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 Bible says that angel came to Mary and said, highly favored are you. But she went on to to carry a burden. In fact, the Bible says that the angel told, told Mary, and even a sword will pierce your own soul because of the burden that you're gonna be called to bear. So the burdens, I know, I know it's quiet in here. No one's giving me shouts about praying for a burden because burdens are burdensome and they're hard and they're difficult. But I believe, and I just wanna present that to you today, that we need to begin to pray for burden. Paul knew how to pray for burdens. His whole life was a burden. 
He, 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 let, me, let me just read a couple of them for you. In 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. he said this. He said, besides everything else, I face daily. How many of y'all feel like you face something every day? Every time your phone rings, it's a problem. It's a burden. It's something that's heavy. He says, every single day, I face the pressures of my concern for all the churches. You know what a burden is? A burden is a concern. It's something that God puts on your heart that becomes so burdensome that the injustice, the challenge, the difficulty, the greatest inventions, the greatest organizations were birthed out of concern. Concern for people, concern for a solution. Problems present solutions, right? So we should begin to ask God for a burden. God, give me a burden. Give me a burden. And Paul says this, he says, verse 29, he says, who is weak? I don't feel weak. Who is led into sin? I don't inwardly burn. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that my burden came from, my weakness. He's like, I, I found encouragement. I found the best blessings when I feel the weakest, when I feel the most overwhelmed, when I feel the weight of my burden is when God's power is presented to me. He, he says this in the very next chapter, in verse seven of chapter 12. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in the burden. God's power comes to the burden. We want God's power to come without the burden. Wouldn't that be convenient? But we need to begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give us, to give us a burden. I could go on and on about this in my life. And this is, this is a big part of the message when I re-preached it to myself that encouraged me. Because sometimes we can have pity parties. Have you guys ever been invited to a pity party? They're fun. There's lots of dancing and sadness and depression. And sometimes you have a pity party and you invite everybody to come. Anybody want to come to my party? It's terrible. But sometimes we find encouragement, right? So this burden of being a pastor, this burden of running a university, this burden of doing all these things, and I'm going to get into this in a little bit about what we do with these burdens at times. But guys, burdens are a blessing. Burdens are a blessing. You believe me? Say amen. amen. No, you don't believe me yet. Okay, I'm, I'm going to preach till you believe me. All right, watch this, this next thing the donkey would tell us in verse two. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey, a young one. It's tied up there. Now watch this. No one has ever ridden it. I think this donkey would tell us, point number two if you're taking notes, don't let have never become could never. Now, I would expect that the prophecy should have been, and Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a white stallion. And he made the whole world go into slow motion. And he pointed at people and lightning came out of his fingers and helped, you know, this is John writing the Bible. This is dangerous. John should not write the Bible. So not only did he not come in on a white stallion, he came in on a donkey. Not only did he come on on a donkey, he came in on one that's never even been ridden before. This donkey has called to, to carry the biggest burden in the history of the universe. The, the, the most important moment, I would argue, in the entire history of the universe. And it was left in charge of a donkey who had never even been ridden before. This is good news for us. Because we disqualify ourselves. 
We think that because of something in our life or something, our, our, our lack of, this is why Paul told Timothy, don't let anybody ever tell you that you're too young to lead. You're not too young. You're not too inexperienced. You're not disqualified. He left this entire situation up to a donkey that had never been ridden before. But we like to say, well, I have never done that before, so I could never do this, right? Isn't that kind of what we replay in our minds? I've never led a small group before, so I could never be a leader. Uh, you just fill in the blank for whatever it is that you feel disqualifies you at any given moment. So what, what I like to think of this way, but when Jesus, we, I, I, I'm kind of weird. I go too deep into scriptures with my mind sometimes, but I, when Jesus climbed up on that donkey, what he was basically saying to that donkey is, I trust you. I trust you to carry this. You are receiving a burden, and I trust you with it. So when you feel disqualified to run your nonprofit, when you feel disqualified to be the leader, when you feel disqualified to be a new mother, when you feel disqualified to be a single dad or a single mom or going through a difficult season in your life or whatever burden that is coming in your season, basically what God is saying to you is, I trust you. But God, how could I lead this church? I had never been a pastor before. How can I step into it? Because I trust you with it. And by the way, if the creator of the universe trusts you with it, you should trust yourself a little bit. You know that we, we, he's, he's, he's riding this journey with you. He's right there with you. So he's, he's entrusting this to us. And there's, there's moments where, and here's the, here's the good news. He knows how lacking we are. Remember several weeks ago, we're butt dust? Remember? Uh, watch this, this passage in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. This is Paul. And he says, we now have this shining light in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. If you were qualified for it, you wouldn't need God's help. If you didn't feel a burden, if you didn't have concern, if you didn't have something in you that, that felt, you felt like you needed to rely on God a little bit, you'd be like, oh, I'm, good. I'm good, God. I don't need your help with this one. So all, all through Scripture, you see people that are overwhelmed with this feeling of, I can't believe God trusts me with this. David, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, he says it again in Psalm chapter 8. Job says it in Job chapter 7. They all said the same thing. Who am I that you are mindful of me? Don't you see how jacked up I am, God? Why would you ever use me? That's the 2022 John Chastain version, right? So God entrusts us with this. He entrusts us with this. Do not let these things disqualify you in the process of what God's walking you through. The third thing the donkey would tell us is when you carry the burden of Christ, he does all the heavy lifting. Because so far, my sermon's been about, well, you, you just pull up your bootstraps and you have a burden of Jesus and if you're tired, dadgummit, you just suck it up and you, you're doing a good cause and don't you dare get tired because, you, no, this isn't, this isn't the story of this at all. The donkey had a burden. The donkey, which in all through the Old Testament, donkeys are referred to as the beast of burden. They're called to carry stuff. The donkey had a burden but what the donkey, donkey needed to understand is the burden of Jesus and where he was going was much heavier than the burden the donkey was carrying. So during this process, and this was, this was a big part that I think will minister to, to a lot of us and minister to me, we are called to carry burdens. But at any moment, 
we can give our burden right back to the Lord. Here's what I mean by that. So if you're a man, if you're a real man, uh, when the groceries come home and all the groceries have to be carried into the house, a real man can bring them all in in one trip. One trip. You think I'm playing? I ain't playing. One trip. Women, how do you know you married a strong man? One trip. One trip, okay? Now, as a father, now Walmart, you know, they'll put one item in a bag, so you got 4,000 bags, okay? But I'll get, when my kids were young, three or four or five years old, I would say, hey, we're all gonna go out and bring in all the groceries, okay? Now, kids, one trip, all right, one trip. We gotta do this in one trip. And I would give them a burden. I would say, I want you to carry the spaghetti noodles, all right? Okay, I'll get the 4,000 bags, you carry one. And here's what would happen every time. We get about halfway to the kitchen and <laughs> it's so heavy, you know? <laughs> what did I do as a dad? Well, maybe I'm not a good example, but what God does, no, I'm kidding. What did I do as a dad? It's okay, I got it, no big deal. Your little spaghetti noodles are not a big deal. Right? I, can, I, can, I can pick this up. Here's what I want you to understand about this story, okay? Why in the world did Jesus involve a donkey in this story at all? Do you really think Jesus couldn't have gotten to Jerusalem any other way? Just a few chapters after this, Jesus ascends to heaven without an airplane. He didn't really need this donkey. Listen, he allowed the donkey to be a part of the story. It was a calling. It was, a, it was an absolute honor for this donkey to be a part of this story. But it wasn't all on the donkey's shoulders, y'all. Jesus got it. Jesus is like, hey, you get tired, Mr. Donkey? I think I'm still gonna make my way to my destiny. It's all good. But sometimes when we're given these burdens, right? You're a mom. You have the burden of raising, raising these babies. Uh, you're you're uh, a business owner, you started a nonprofit, whatever it is, whatever your burden is, it's very, very easy to slip into this mindset of this is all on me. And if I don't succeed, if I don't do this, if I don't do that, then this is gonna fail. This business is gonna fail. My kids are gonna fail. Everything's gonna fail around me. But these are the moments where we have to understand that the burdens that God gives us, we can at any moment say, Dad, can you carry this for a second? You carry this for a second? I just, I need a breather. I, and let me, let me tell you, this, so far I'm just making this stuff up, but let me, let me back this up with scripture, okay? Psalm 55, 22. It says, cast your burden on the Lord. The Amplified Version says, release it. It means you gotta let go. Let go. And he will sustain and uphold you. It means that the thing that you were doing to carry the load, he's gonna make sure that that keeps going. So when you stop and take the burden off your shoulders for a second, God's like, it doesn't mean you stopped. I'm, I'm, we're still going. I'm just taking it off your shoulders as we go. He's gonna sustain your business. He's gonna sustain your nonprofit. He's gonna sustain your marriage, okay? And he upholds it. So he's like, let me carry the burden and I'm gonna hold you up too as we go. Come on, I'll, I'll hold you up and I'll carry it for you. I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna do both. So we have these moments and then it says, he will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Uh, Matthew, this is, Jesus says this, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come to me, 
all who are weary and burdened. If you're burdened and weary, come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus is like, you're doing it wrong. Learn from me. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This donkey, you'll hear me say this sometimes in a prayer, or it's kind of a, a, a motto that I love to say, that we get to be some small part of God's ginormous plan. This donkey played about this big of a role in all of our salvation, if you think about it. He delivered Jesus to the place at which he was gonna give his life for us. The donkey, yeah, it's, just, it's about this big, but he got to be a part of it. God invites us to be a part of his plan, yeah. big or small. He can do it without us, but he invites us. What an honor. Why would he choose us? Who is man that he is mindful of us? And he knows we're broken. He knows that we carry this light in broken jars of clay, and he still invites us on the process. This is the beauty. This is what we can learn from this donkey. Okay, number four, the donkey would say this. Don't mistake the carrier for the cargo. Okay, in your journey, the donkey would tell you, don't mistake the carrier. Who's the carrier? The donkey, thank you. We have one smart person here. It's not a trick question, I'm kidding. For the cargo, Jesus was the cargo, right? The donkey was the carrier. What do you mean by that, John? Let me read it for you, let me show it to you. Please catch this, verse eight says, many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Watch verse nine. Jesus was at the center of the procession. So it was like, it was all about Jesus. There were thousands of people lined up. People were taking off their cloaks, laying them down in the mud, rolling out the red carpet, people cutting down palm branches. People are shouting, Hosanna. People are shouting. It says that Jesus was the central point. He was the, the, the hub, of, right? Everything was revolving around Jesus. But I wanna remind you, who was Jesus riding on? The donkey was at the center of the procession too. And if the donkey's not careful, the donkey will start thinking that the cheers are for him. The, the, the red carpet that was rolled out, all the, all the cloaks that were laid down, all the palms that were walked out, why? So that it could be walked on. The donkey was the one walking on it. Jesus never touched it. It was the donkey walking on it. And this is the problem we are all presented with. With success, many times, there's another guy following along success called pride. And one step behind success is this thing called pride. Pride. And when we really find our burden, and I pray to God that God gives you a burden that's abundant in blessing. Because with burden comes blessing. With blessing comes attention. People notice that you're being blessed. With that comes accolades. And this is the danger in the church today. If I can be really brutally honest with you and really brutally vulnerable, there's, there's big churches 
With big churches come abundant blessing. With abundant blessing comes a lot of attention to one man or one woman. And if we're not careful, we can start thinking that the praise is for the donkey instead of the one that the donkey is carrying. Pride is always just one step behind your success. Always. And the Bible's very clear about what happens to prideful people. They fall. They fall. So this is something that we can learn from this donkey, that, 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 that the Lord is speaking to us very clearly during, during, during this time. So um, the challenge is to live in a first world country, but not make yourself the first priority, right? So this is the culture we live in. The culture wants a king in every industry, in Hollywood, in music, in movies, in sports, every sport, every industry, every industry, we, we take people and we rise them up into authority. We rise them up into influence. And our, and our culture screams for it. Social media screams for influence. Followers, followers, followers. And we wanna be elevated to this place. But this is so dangerous for all of us. And we can learn from this donkey. We can learn from this donkey to know that when we really embrace our burden, when God really gives us something to carry and we're carrying our calling, the attention is not about us. The song we sang in worship today, it said, every victory is yours. Every victory. Any praise that comes to me, it bounces right off and goes right to the Lord. Every single victory, anything that you do, any success that you have, any blessings that follow you, you need to be just a reflection. You need to let that bounce off you and just go right up to God. Amen? Amen? All right, the last thing this donkey would tell us in verse four, verse four says this. It says, the two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street. And then this really interesting description, it says tied outside the front door. Uh, the last thing I think the donkey would tell us this morning is you can't bear burdens when you're bound. So why did Jesus give the description? Why didn't he just tell the disciples, hey, go into the next town, you're gonna find a donkey, bring it back to me. I mean, I know the disciples are stupid sometimes, but are they that dumb? Like, don't, why did he have to say, Un, it's gonna be tied up, and here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna untie it. Do you hear the words that are coming out of Untie the donkey and bring it back to me. Do you got it, Peter? Got it, okay. Why did he use such descriptive language, right? So I think that donkey would tell us that before he was ever called to do something great, before he ever called to carry a burden, he had to be untied first. And many times, we're stuck praying for blessings. And even, even if you make the transition to stop praying for blessings and start praying for a burden, if you've been praying for a burden and you're still not getting a burden, I would present to you that there's probably an area of your life that you're tied up. Now let's look at this, this language, okay? This word tied in the Greek, it's the, it's the Greek word deo, and it means to bind, to fasten, I like the last one, to contain, to contain. Now think about it, if God has a calling for you, it means there's a journey he wants you to go on. He wants you to go and expand territory to do great things for the Lord. And that's, that's God's call for you is to do more, to grow, to, to expand your territory, to expand your tent curtains wide, right? The enemy's strategy is to contain you. If I can just keep you contained right here, if I can keep you right here, then you'll never experience everything that God has for you that comes through the burden that I wanna give you. So we, we can be tied up by a lot of things. I don't have time to go into it today, maybe another sermon for another day, but we can be tied up with a lot of stuff. We can be tied up with shame. We can be tied up with unforgiveness. 
Uh, we can, we, we're, we're really good, us humans, at going on one particular kind of trip, guilt trips. We're good at guilt trips. We like to go on them. They're, we're, they're, it's like a pity party. We invite everyone to come with us. Hey, I'm going on a guilt trip. Anybody wanna come? It's gonna be fun. And we have all these things that just tie us down. Bitterness, unforgiveness, there's a lot of them, but there's, there's also one that I wanna throw at you that might smack you upside the head, all of us. Uh, sometimes we're just tied to comfort. We can actually be tied down to comfort and complacency, and we don't wanna get outside of our comfort zone, and even that can lock us, lock us in. Because the very description of a burden <laughs> means that you're gonna be uncomfortable. So the burden never comes because we're too embracing of, of our comfort. And the Bible says that Jesus says, I want you to go find this donkey and it's gonna be tied up. But I've got a calling for this donkey. In fact, it's a great calling and I'm gonna call it to carry something really important. And it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be used to change the world. It's gonna impact millions upon billions of people but it's gonna be tied up and I need you to untie it and bring it to me. Now this word untie in the Greek means luo and it means to loose what is compacted or built together, to break up, to demolish, to destroy. Now, one thing that's cool about this when you start studying um, the Greek or the Hebrew is you'll use, see where a word is used and then you can see all the other scriptures where that same word was used. This Greek word, luo, is the exact same uh, word used in the Greek when Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb and he says, loose him. Untie Lazarus. I got something I need Lazarus to do. And it's proof that Lazarus was raised from the dead. He was alive. There was blood pumping through his veins, but he was still tied up. This is symbolic of us as Christians. We have been saved, we have received Jesus, we are alive in Christ, but there are even Christians that have areas of our life where we're just bound. And Jesus looks and says, loose them, untie them, and bring them to me, because I got a calling for them. I got a burden that I want them to carry, but they have to be untied. So I wanna, I wanna close and I wanna close in a, in a, in a particular way um, where I'm gonna ask you three questions or I'm gonna present three kind of areas, okay? And, and I want you to respond to one of them if, it, if you identify with it, okay? And I'm not gonna ask people to close their eyes because there's nothing shameful about any of these, okay? There's nothing shameful about any of these three things. These are areas that God is trying to speak to us through this story. All right, so the first one, and I'll tell you when to raise your hand. Don't raise your hand until I tell you. The first one is if you just feel tied up and maybe you know what it is, maybe you know exactly what it is and it's a situation or a, something from your past or something that, that you just feel contained and I just can't seem to break free from this. Maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a mindset, maybe it's something that's just you, no matter how hard you tug at this rope, you just can't seem to get free from it. I wanna pray for you today all right, so and again, this does not mean you're raising your hand and saying, yeah, me, I'm addicted to pornography over here. You know, it's, it's nothing about that. There is no shame in this. You, you may not even know what it is. You may just sense something in you that's like, yeah, I just, I just feel contained. I just can't feel like I, I can break free from this season or from this, this, this thing in my life. So if that's you, you here at Edmund or watching online, if that, if that describes you, we just lift your hand up. Come on, just shoot it up. You won't be the only one. Yeah, hands all over the room. Awesome. Okay, you can put those hands down. Um, 
The other one I wanna acknowledge or ask you to acknowledge is if you fall into the category of, yeah, when I was talking about praying for burdens instead of blessings, there was, there was a conviction in that. And conviction's not a bad word. Conviction's a gift, guys. Conviction is a gift of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit convicts us, and it's not a bad thing. We, we've turned this word conviction into, oh, no, conviction is a gift because conviction leads to repentance. That's a beautiful, that's grace, y'all. Conviction is grace. So if, if there was a piece of that, just like, yeah, I, I'm really good at praying for blessings, but I need to shift my thinking and begin to ask God to give me a burden for something. If that's you, shoot your hand up and say, that's me. Awesome. Lots of hands there too. Okay, the last one is the one that I, I really wanna hit on um, quickly but, but firmly. Um, if you know your burden, like you've got your burden, you know what you're doing, you know it's a calling, it's, your biz, it's, a, it's a business you own, it's a title you carry, uh, it's, it's a, maybe you're a stay-at-home dad, stay-at-home mom, maybe, maybe you own a nonprofit, whatever it is, right? It, you know your calling, but you're just exhausted. And the burden of carrying this has become so tiresome. And today, you need a fresh revelation that even the burdens that you're carrying, you can give those to dad anytime you need to. That your heavenly father is right there. And if you just need a rest, that God will sustain it and he will lift you back up in this season of your life. That there is no shame. It does not mean you're a weak leader. It doesn't mean you're a weak business person. It doesn't mean you're a bad mother. It doesn't mean you're a bad father. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means that you have taken on, pridefully might I add, that you think you're the end beginning. You think you're the alpha and omega of your business. You have said, God, I'll have that. And you say, God, I need to give you your job back. You need to sustain this. You need to sustain my business, my burden, and you're gonna lift me up in the process. If you're just tired and you're weary and you just need the Lord to come and breathe fresh wind on you, will you shoot your hand up and say, that's me? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Will you stand with me? Will you grab the hand of the person next to you? Here's what I want you to do. Most likely, you're standing next to somebody you love. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're not. Maybe you're by yourself, and that's okay because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm gonna ask you to do something in just a second, and there's a reason for it. We, in a moment of emotion, in a moment of compelling message or whatever caused us, we lifted our hand up. We said, yeah, I need prayer for that. But what we need now, if I'm gonna be really brutally honest with you, we need accountability, Okay. So in just a minute, if you raised your hand for any of those things, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you should have, uh, right now, I want you to squeeze the hand of the person next to you. Maybe your spouse, maybe your child. I don't know what it is. But what you're telling them by squeezing their hand, here's what you're communicating, okay? You're communicating, hey, I see something that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me, and now I'm asking you to bring those things back to my remembrance. When I come home from work and I'm exhausted and I'm tired, I need you to tell me, give it back to God. Give it back to God. So you're, you're communicating this to your brothers and sisters and maybe you're, you're holding a stranger's hand and they don't have any friends. You better exchange phone numbers after church, right? You need accountability. You need somebody to text you. Hey, how are you doing with your burden? How are you doing with praying for blessings instead of burdens, okay? So now you have this accountability. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you invite us to be some small part 
of your great big plan. God, I pray for those uh, in the room who have struggled in the process of praying, maybe too often praying for blessings instead of burdens. God, what I pray is that you would begin to give us burdens. I pray that, that there would be such um, amazing burdens given to this house, God, that nonprofits would be birthed out of here, that pastors and leaders would be birthed out of here, that evangelists would be birthed out of this church, God, that even new small group leaders and new leadership that rise up for your kingdom, God, would be birthed out of this place, not because we're something special, but simply because we stopped praying for blessings and started praying for burdens. God, I pray for city leaders that would rise up, national leaders, politicians that would rise up from the church, God, that would be lights in dark places in our world, God, all because we stopped praying for blessings and we said, God, just give me a burden. Give me a burden, God. God, I pray for those today that feel tied up, that there's just something that's holding them back. God, we pray and we invite, and I encourage you to do this right now and throughout the week, to to pray the words that Brady Boyd encouraged us to pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Convict me. Show me. Reveal to me the areas of my life that I'm tied up. You may be tied up physically. You may be tied up spiritually, emotionally, financially. Maybe you're harboring unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment or guilt or shame. God, whatever this is, whether it's comfort, even if it's comfort, God, we invite you to come and untie us, God. My prayer is the same prayer you prayed over Lazarus, God. Loose them and let them go. Let them go. God, I pray for those uh, in the room online that are just exhausted. They're just tiresome. God, they've been given a burden, an amazing burden, a great calling, great purpose. But God, they've just grown weary in the process. And God, we even now, we repent. We repent of thinking that we needed to do this in and of ourselves. We repent. And God, just as my kids looked up at me and said, Dad, can you carry this for a second? This is us looking up at a loving father and saying, God, I need you to carry this burden. Your burden is easy. Your yoke is light, God. So replace, God, this burden for your easy yoke. We lay it down at your feet, God. You love us. You will sustain us. You will sustain the business. You will sustain our kids. You will sustain any burden that we've been called to bear. And you will hold us up. We thank you for this, Lord. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.